Good evening. We're going to begin with Genesis chapter 18. And here we're going to talk about what is a set time because there's a set time in heaven and we call it the heavenly calendar. Also, we're going to talk about the sin of Sodom and the sin of Sodom and what happens when the righteous intercede. So, so we're going to begin here in Genesis chapter 18 and we continue here in verse 1 it says and in verse 1 and 2 it says and the lord appeared unto him in the plains of mamre and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day and he lifted up his eyes and looked and lo three men stood by him and when he saw them he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground yet the lord appeared to Abraham in the plains of Mamre and this is the sixth time the Lord had appeared to Abraham now and here but he appeared to him in a different form and these were true men is um, men men like angels these are angels manifested in a human form and this goes along with uh, Hebrews 13 verses 2 and it says in Hebrews that sometimes we can sometimes we entertain angels not being aware and do not know it and likewise we need to entertain strangers and in, in doing so in giving strangers the best and in doing so we can entertain angels so and as the as our Lord Jesus Christ said someday that in Matthew's in Matthew twenty five verses thirty four uh, Matthew twenty five verses thirty five it says I was hungry and you gave me food I was thirsty and you gave me drink and I was a stranger you took me in so these men were angels that Abraham were entertaining here. And here also he bowed toward the ground. He said that he bowed toward the ground and later, later we will see it in Genesis 19 verses 1. Lot, Abraham's nephew, did the same and he came and bowed to the ground. And this was the custom in those days, in the biblical custom, when somebody arrives in the house or a visitor. One of the things they will bow and they will bow to the visitor and this is the model hospitality that was done in those days as peter we are to model hospitality as as peter 1 um verses 4 to 9 says the hospitality towards one another is without grudging and here is an example of abraham the patriarch you know he was he saw these men man these were angel angels manifested in human form and he came and he bowed himself but you don't know that they are angels right now but he just showing good hospitality to them and then in verse 3 it says and and said my lord if now i have found favor in thy sight pass not away i pray thee from thy servant let a little water i pray you be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves from under the tree and in Genesis 19 verses 2 Lot 
did this hospitality too and he asked to wash his feet and that's one another custom that is done is when the visitors came they will wash their feet they'll take care of the visitors and you see this also in in joseph's day and that was the form of washing the feet and it was a custom in that day all the way to jesus day because if you recall jesus also washed the feet of his disciples and we don't do that not so much today but this is a lesson of hospitality that is shown in here and then in verse 5 it says and i will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your heart after that ye shall pass on for therefore are ye come to your servant and they said so do as thou hast said and abraham hastened into the tent unto sarah and said make ready quickly three measures of fine meal knead it and make cakes upon the heath and abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man and he hastened to dress it verse 8 and he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them and he stood by them under the tree and they did eat now he asked to uh, fetch a morsel of bread to these strangers that is like just came into his home and he offered them food you know he offered them he bowed to the ground washed their feet offered to wash their feet and now he present them with this food and he went in and told sarah of course sarah prepared the food and abraham killed this calf and then he set it before their feet and they, they ate so in verse 9 and here it says and they said unto him where is sarah thy wife and he said behold in the tent and he said i will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life and lo sarah thy wife shall have a son and sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him now this presents god here god shows himself because he has now abraham has now recognized this is god and we see now these three men of course manifested by this is god manifested in men in three forms these are angelic human forms look like look like men but they are angels but here they ask about sarah and abraham said that sarah, sarah is in the tent so here they mentioned that they will return according to the time of life now one other thing in genesis 18 verses 14 he says is anything too hard for the lord and then he repeats himself at the time appointed i will return unto thee according to the time of life and sarah shall have a son look listen to this verse it says the time appointed i will return according to the time of life you know god says i will there's an appointed time here god making making sure and putting an emphasis on this appointed time and highlighting that that he will return at the appointed time and keep in mind that there's a time god is just set apart and god follows this time 
carefully. And then he says, and similar with uh, Elisha and the Shunammite woman, if you read in Second Kings 4, verses 16, which says that, and he said about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. So it says about this season, according to the time of life, you shall have a son. And here it says, Sarah shall have a son. Again, God reiterated his promise that he gave to Abraham in Genesis chapter 17, verses 19. He says that in a set time, in a set time, Sarah is to have a son. See, it says in a set time, the Lord is accurate. The Lord is precise in what he does. The Lord is always um, knowing that he has a set time in everything following his, his pattern you know despite what the world is seeing like he's, he's doing God is following his pattern God has a heavenly calendar that he follows and here he says at the set time you know in Genesis seventeen twenty one, you know God says you know God named the child he named the child that he would, this was going to happen he says this child is going to be Isaac and that it will be by Sarah. You know, God was precise. He says, Isaac is going to be born and is going to come by, uh, by Sarah in a set time, you know, of which God is spoken of him. You know, he says, there's a heavenly calendar. Again, there's a heavenly calendar scheduled. And there's also an earthly calendar that is scheduled. And everything, when the heavenly calendar meets the earthly calendar, that's when God always manifests what he's planned to do on this earth. You see, God has a set time for what he's going to do on earth and everything. And that's what happens here. And then in verse 11, he says, And now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Now, physically, this was an impossible thing. Sarah is now old and she's no longer going to bear a child. She doesn't look like she's going to bear any child. Um, she has passed the childbearing age. And Bible said that Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90. Again, in Abraham, in Genesis uh, 17, 17, talked about their age. Abraham laughed. He says, shall I, me, who's been 99 years old, and Sarah, almost 90? And then he says that, can they have children? You know, is it impossible to have children at that age? You know, in addition to that, in Romans 4, verses 19, you know, which confirm more more about Abraham's age. He says that Abraham was a hundred years old when he finally had a child, and also Sarah's womb by now is dead. You know, there's no way Sarah can have a child at this time, and she has way past the childbearing age. Her womb here represents a tomb that is completely dead. And, and God waited for this time to happen, that completely things that look impossible 
on this earth will be possible. And that's what God says, you know, he's waited for this time for all these things to happen. And it says in verse 12, it says, Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am wax old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord also being old? Uh, you know, before Abraham laughed. And same now with Sarah. You know, she laughed. And this is a laughter of doubt. Sarah did laugh for doubt because she did not, for, for one thing, know the promise. God didn't tell her the promise. He told he told it to Abraham, and God knows the thoughts of Sarah within herself, and also notice God knows that everything about Sarah, you know, and we're gonna see it here. But also notice the sign of humility for from Sarah. She called Abraham my Lord, and she was a, a great submissive woman. And also, she has a great personality. She's a, you know, she's very, she was not a pushover, but however, she was a great wife. And it says in in First Peter 3, chapter 5 and 6, it says, Sarah obeyed, calling Abraham Lord. And this woman is a, is a model for Christian wife. She was a, a woman um, of humility and substance and now she's old and wise and gracious woman so you see but here she has her own doubt here she says therefore sarah laughed within herself saying after i am wax old shall i have pleasure my lord being old also in other words how is this gonna happen you know this is impossible can i have can i enjoy sex anymore this is um something that she she don't think that is going to be possible here and here it says in verse 13 and the lord said unto abram wherefore did sarah laugh saying shall i of a surety bear a child which i am old uh it says is there anything too hard for the lord and then god repeat himself here as god says at the time appointed I will return unto thee according to the time of life. See, at the time appointed, there's an appointed time in heaven. In everything concerning earth, there's an appointed time. God has put everything, like I said, I mentioned before, there's a heavenly calendar. God has appointed everything. So God says, at the, at the appointed time, I will return unto thee according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son you see first the Lord asked you know why did Sarah laugh and God says is there anything too hard for the Lord is there anything too hard for God God is El Shaddai you know he's he's El Shaddai and he's all sufficient in everything God nothing is impossible for God to do and he says at the time of life again he says he alluded to the alluded to the heavenly the heavenly calendar you know and god goes by this heavenly calendar you know and he's always on time god is always on time and he says at the point of time at the point of time i will return unto thee 
according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And then in verse 15, And then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, thou didst laugh. You see, Sarah said, I did not laugh. But God knows her. She says, but you laugh. You know, she was. She says she was afraid. You know, says, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And God says, yes, you laugh. And God knows everything. He knows us. He knows human beings. And he read her thoughts. He knows everything in her. You know, about God says, is there anything too hard for me? And in the set time, I will come. And you shall have child, you know, in the in appointed time. In the time of life, you will come. This is a woman that is past a childbearing age. She's 90 years old. But still, God says, you will have a child at the appointed time. And in verse 16, And the man rose up from tents and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. See, these men, they rose up and looked towards Sodom because Sodom was in their sight. And these men were angelic beings in a human form. Okay? And this is God manifested in an angelic form here. Through the look like human beings, but these were angels. And God now is, is dealing with Sodom. He's going to deal with Sodom here. And sin always bothers God, you see, and God will judge every sin. God will judge every nation that has um, that has been sinning and do not follow his commandment. And God now sets his sights at Sodom. And he says here in verse 17, and he says, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Shall I hate from Abraham what I'm going to do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. God says, Abraham is going to be the father of all nations. God says, am I going to hide everything that I'm supposed to do? Now God is going to destroy Sodom. Because God has given Sodom chances. But now God says, I can't hide it, what I'm going to do from Abraham and I need to tell him and God tells those who are closest to him secret things as he says in Psalm 25 verses 14 it says the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he will show them his covenant in addition to that is Proverbs 3 verses 32 it says but for the forward is abomination to the Lord, but his secret, his secret is with the righteous. Jesus in John seven seventeen says, If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak for myself. God shows his hand to those that are closest to him. God always shows his hand and his secret to those that are closest to him. And God says here, he says, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? 
Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm going to do? God says, am I going to hide from Abraham what I'm going to do? What are, what are my secret things I'm going to do? And God is going to destroy Sodom because Sodom is a sin city. He has been polluted. And here God is going to show what he's going to do to Sodom, to Abraham. He says in verse in verse 18, it says, Seeing that Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom, now God, now God tells Abraham, says, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great. In other words, the saying of Sodom is great before God. And he says, because the cry and Sodom is great and because their sin is grievous. See, this sin bothers God. Sin bothers God when a nation commits grave immorality. And... God says Abraham is going to be a great nation and he doesn't want to keep things from Abraham. And Abraham is called a friend of God. He's a, he's a friend of God because God, you know, reveals things to Abraham more than we, you and I even know. But here in Genesis, also Genesis 22 verse 18, he said, God says that your seed will be blessed because you obey my voice. You see? And now... God has had it with Sodom. You know, Sodom and Gomorrah had many sins. They had many sins, not just homosexuality, although that was one thing that the, this, this, um, this nation, Sodom and Gomorrah, was very dominant. It was a dominant homosexuality in Sodom and Gomorrah. But God called also their other sins. They says their sin is grievous. The cry of Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, this is great sins. And these were sexual immorality people. Homosexuality was one of them. But they were filled with other sins. According to Ezekiel 16 verses 49. And it says in uh, chapter 18, Genesis chapter 18, verse 21, it says, I will go down now and see whether they have done all together according to the cry of it, which is come out to me. And if not, I will know. God says, I will go and investigate. Again, these are just words, um, technical terms God uses to say, I'm going to go and investigate what is going on in Sodom. And because of the crying of Sodom, you know, God says, I'm going to go and look at it. And here in verse 22, and the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Now these are men, you know, God incarnated angels. They went out and Abraham here stood before the Lord. And he says in verse 23, and Abraham, Abraham drew near. You see, he drew near. And we're going to talk about this interceding of Abraham. Abraham was also a good, great intercessor. Because in, we are, you know, 
like an example, God says for as particularly in Hebrews ten twenty two, God says, "Let us draw near, you know, with true hearts in full assurance of faith." God says, "Let us draw. We can draw near and petition to God in full assurance." You know, God wants us to challenge Him. And by intercession, you know, we are to draw near to God. That's the character of God. God wants us to, despite, you know, God creating this world, God still wants us to partake in pleading for a nation. And here God is going to destroy this nation, but, you know, he wants us to plead for our nations also because God is merciful. And, you know, Moses, if you read Moses in Numbers 16, 22, Moses interceded, to, uh, interceded for the congregation. He interceded for the congregation when Korah rebelled against um, Aaron and against Moses' leadership. Moses, God, God was wroth in anger and he wanted to destroy the entire congregation. But Abraham stood before God and interceded and then God spared the congregation but then destroyed Korah. Just the family of Korab. And this is what God is, because God's intention was to destroy an entire congregation first, because he had had it with the children of Israel. But because of Moses interceding for the people, God withdrew his hand. So God will sometimes withdraw his hand if we can intercede and beg for a nation or intercede of, of people. You know, and here God is, you know, going to, um, trying to destroy this nation here. And here Abraham asked the Lord, he says, will thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? God says, Abraham says, are you going to, God, are you going to destroy the righteous? Because now he's, he has lot in his mind. He thought a lot was a righteous man and the people of Lot, the family of Lot. Remember, the family of Lot left, left Abraham and went down to Sodom. So now in Abraham's mind was he, the Lot's family were still righteous. Now he's saying, well, God, are you going to destroy the wicked with the, with the righteous? And now he's going to have to, you know, Talk God out of it. It says in verse 24, it says, Peradventure, there be 50 righteous within the city. Will thou also destroy and not spare the place of the 50 righteous that are, that are therein? You know, Abraham said, Lord, what if there, there's a 50 righteous people in Sodom? Would you destroy them? God says, if, they, if there's 50 righteous in Sodom, if there are 50 righteous, I will not destroy them. That's the character of God. He says, God is merciful. He says, if there are 50 righteous in Sodom, I will not destroy it. I will spare the nation because of the remnant. And God will always spare a nation because of the remnant. And then in, in, in verse 25, he says, That be far from thee to do this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked. And that be... And that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Abraham said, God, shall you, you the judge of all the earth, shall you not do right? 
you know, God and God is the judge. God is the judge. Eventually, all of us who are going to stand before a judge, and that's God. We are going to stand before him, and he is the great judge, and he's going to judge all everything, all the earth. He's going to judge all things rightly. And, you know, God gave this city an ample amount of time to repent. You know, he brought calamity after calamity. You see the wars, the wars of kings was part of the judgment. But these people continue to continue in their sin and no one here turned to God. So now God has had enough. Now he's going to judge the city. And he says in verse uh, 26, he says, And the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, I will spare all the place for their sake. God said, if I find 50 people, 50 righteous people, 50, I will spare all of them for their sake. And look at how gracious God is and concerning of sparing a nation because of intercessors. And God will spare a nation because of intercessors and if you read in jeremiah 5 1 it says run ye to and fro through the streets of jerusalem and see now and know and seek in the broad places thereof if you find a man if you find a man if there be any that execute judgment that seek the truth i will pardon it see and he also in ezekiel 22 verse 30, it says, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the edge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. You see, no intercessors. If you don't have any intercessors praying for a nation, that nation is bound to be destroyed by God. Because of immorality, sexual immorality that is going on, tremendous of things that have been happening in Sodom, wickedness, pride, all these things that are happening according to Ezekiel. And these people never turned to God. They never gave no capacity, no concernment to the things of God. And God is going to judge this nation. In verse 21, 27, excuse me. And he says, and Abraham said again, behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which I am but dust and ashes. And Abraham calling himself that he's just but dust and ashes, you know, and that's what man is made of. Man is made of dust and ashes. You know, God, God says man is found in, he picked, he made man in the ground and that's what man is this physical man is dust and ashes and in verse 28 he says peradventure they shall lack five of the 50 righteous will thou destroy all the city for the lack of five and he said if i find there 45 i will not destroy it he says abraham says how about 45 if there's a 45 person 45 righteous person, are you going to destroy it? God says, I will not destroy it. Verse 29, and he spake unto him yet again and said, Peradventure, there shall be 40 found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for 40's sake. You know, Abraham said, how about 40? 
God says, I will not destroy it for 40's sake. You see, there is no 40 in Sodom. There is no 40. There is no 40 righteous in Sodom. And now Abraham, you know, bless his soul. He's going to continue with God. He says in verse 30, And he said unto him, O Lord, let not be angry with me, and I will speak. Peradventure there shall be 30 be found there. And he said, I will not, dis I will not do it if I find 30. He said, how about 30 righteous? God says, I will not destroy if there's 30. See, he's counting down. But there is no 30. There's no 30 righteous in Sodom. And then he says in verse 31, he says, And he said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peradventure there shall be 20 found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for 20's sake. God says, I will not destroy it for 20's sake. I will not destroy Sodom because of 20 people there. 20 righteous. And there's no 20 righteous here. But again, in 31, it says, And he said, Oh, let not, be, let not the Lord be angry. I will speak yet, but this once. Peradventure, peradventure 10 shall be found there and he said i will not destroy it for ten sake you know abraham said to god god don't be angry with me how about ten what if, what if there's a ten in Sodom? god said he will not destroy it for ten sake now abraham stopped negotiating now because you know because he didn't bother because now he know that the men here are corrupt. The entire city of Sodom are corrupt. And God is right to judge it. Because even including Lot, you know, here you see a beautiful city, Sodom and Gomorrah, a well-watered place, but it's filled with sin and wickedness. And God is going to judge this city and he's, in, he's rightfully going to judge it because there is nobody there. All of them are corrupt. There is no righteous there that is, you know, interceding in the city. And God is going to judge in there here. And then in verse 33, And the Lord went his way as soon as he left, communion with Abraham. And Abraham returned into his place. And Abraham returned. He said Abraham now returns into his place. And now Abraham is very sad. And here, Lot's family are fully corrupt because not even 10 righteous are in Sodom. And here, they are in the danger of being annihilated. But Abraham is going to be interceding with uh, for, for his nephew, Lot. And God is now going to destroy this city here. So we're going to continue on on verse 19. And when God visits Sodom. Well, we're going to continue on, but until then, precious saints, God bless you, and we'll talk again.